0: What's up, gentlemen? James Marshall here for The Natural Lifestyles with an Ask The Naturals from a fan says, I have a question which is very important to me at the moment. Where do you see the place for settling for mediocrity? I get the impression that you, like most other self-help out there, I'm just a part of the self-help Aggregor Scoff at the idea of settling Oh no We would never settle However I have increasingly Come to believe That any man can learn To be happy and fulfilled In his mediocrity And that this is a healthy And necessary aspect Of self-acceptance And developing a high self-esteem After all By definition, most of us are mediocre. Isn't it much better to learn and accept that and be happy with it rather than constantly be struggling and grinding in order to achieve a standard you have set way too high for yourself? Does this really make you happy? I feel constantly torn between, on the one hand, wanting to settle and embrace my current social reality, which includes lots of close friends and usually an awesome girlfriend. Not bad. And on the other hand, thinking that I'm only experiencing the curse of the guy who gets lucky sometimes and should approach more. The tension between these two views makes me unable to commit to either. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts James Marshall and Liam McCrae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Thanks Julian, that is a complex and interesting question. And no, I will not be scoffing, although I do like the fact that I have the opportunity to, just, to scoff, which I don't get to do that often. No, <laughs> oh, no, settling is for no. I'm of the self help. We would never do that. This is a, a complex question, and it is one that every man will need to consider at some point in his life. And I think what we want to do here is look at the definitions of what it means to be mediocre or to settle. I think really we live in only the last, like the last two generations, with the first two generations of men that got. A choice at all. Settling was not a thing that people did out of, you know, giving in and like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to accept, you know, getting married at 20 and having eight kids and, you know, tilling the land until I die or going off to war. Men didn't really have a choice about whether to settle or not. It was just part of what you did was that at marrying age, you were married off or very early on, even my parents' generation, definitely my grandparents' generation. Settling was the thing you did. You finished your education, you found a woman, you bred, and then you spent the rest of your life dealing with whatever fallout comes from your choices there. The idea that you can really manifest and choose your own destiny and that you can live a life that is not ordinary, right? Because that's really what we're looking at here. Mediocre obviously has a lot of negative connotations to it no one wants to describe themselves as mediocre you're not going to see that on anyone's tinder bio but really what we're looking at here is what is average what is what is normal what is the status quo of how people tend to move through life and we all of us alive on the planet at the moment live in a a different time where there are choices right so if you put in the work if you are lucky I mean there's definitely there's elements of luck and privilege and where you are born and what you look like and you know what kind of formative experiences you had and the social circle you're in and all that kind of stuff which definitely has a powerful effect but if a man or woman chooses to forge their own path and design a life which is unique right let's say it's not the standard one of study children mortgage and so on then you can live a truly exceptional life one that script writers would have a hard time coming up with inventing the things that you get to live. And this is where, you know, as a self-help, I think he meant to say self-help guru or self-help man, as where I come in, obviously this is what I'm promoting all the time, right? I don't, to a certain extent, this channel is for the elite. It is for people who at least wish to achieve abnormally amazing lives. And so I don't I don't speak to the lowest common denominator. I'm not speaking to the most average person in the sense that I'm, I'm not an, a specialist on how to have an average life. I don't teach those things. I teach, okay, here is what will be allocated to you. And that's really, I think, really important is because if you're unconscious and unaware of how your life is being kind of slotted into a groove, then of course, it's just gonna follow along the track that is most obvious in terms of your socioeconomic situation or your education level or your intelligence and so on, that you will just be put in a lane and, and you'll stay there more or less your entire life. And the danger is thinking that, like let's say lifestyle poverty mindsets, so people who have poverty mindsets financially are the p- kind of person that is going to go and buy a lottery ticket, right? Or the person that is waiting for a big break, right? So, that, Or is, you know, like he's waiting for external circumstances to create a situation where they can finally make it. And if we transfer that over to lifestyle design, then the same kinds of attitudes can exist where it's like, Okay, I'll do my thing and I will wait. Wait for what? Wait for the girl of my dreams. Wait for that big break. Wait for, you know, this opportunity. Wait for someone to find my music and uh, make me a star or whatever. This is, I think, the most insidious, dangerous part of settling, is settling unconsciously with a vague hope that the universe or whatever is going to sort it out for you, which will not happen. And there is a lot of mythology, especially in like kind of woo-woo spiritual corners, Which I certainly know, you know, I'm I'm guilty of living within those at some points. But there's just there's often this attitude that the universe will sort it out, right? It's like if I if I just project to the universe and I believe and I have faith or whatever that it will, the universe will deliver, which is as as absurd to me as going into a church and praying to an invisible man in the sky to fix your shit, right? So it's like the universe doesn't care, hippies out there, the universe does not give a fuck about middle class Western People's dreams about whether or not they become a, a great traveling entrepreneur or a fucking musician or whatever. It doesn't care. Nobody cares. You are alone in the world. You have family, you have friends who will support you in various ways or not. And then you're going to have to make your own course. So my attitude on settling is I, I am, I've never done it. Right? I've, never, I've never settled for anything for very long. Okay? And there will be periods in your life where you'll need to settle into a groove for a specific purpose. The, the common like entrepreneurial or lifestyle design statements that come from a lot of self-help gurus will be along the lines of follow your passions, follow your dreams. You know, if you commit 100% to something that you really love, that you feel deeply at the core is part of your mission, then you will eventually succeed. And that's true and not true. <laughs> it's true in the sense that any person I know that has made an exceptional life did that, right? They, they projected into the future. They crystallized ideas about and, and really internalized the feeling of what it would be like to be that person, doing that thing, living that life. And then, of course, they have to chunk down a lot of action steps. Right? Anyone who's just sticking photos of hot chicks and cars on a vision board and staring at it for five minutes and hoping that that is going to somehow manifest your reality is delusional. And if it, if it does happen, it is just coincidental. We have to take action steps and there will be especially if you're a long way from a goal, right? You wanna have some kind of rockstar lifestyle or you wanna work remotely or you want to be able to date freely and have different types of open relationships, all these kinds of things, these, these are, are achievable, but they take struggle and they take years. I'm, I'm 40 years old now. I started working in earnest on lifestyle design when I was about 26, although I'd experimented with it quite a bit before then. It's only in the last five years, really, that it's paid off huge dividends. Okay, So I, I got incremental benefits along the way. At first, I was able to unplug from the wage slave lifestyle, which I'll talk about in a moment. I was able to free up time. I was able to 5 to 10x my income power compared to other people of my age and skill levels. And then I, I put a lot of effort into creating networks using seductive economy. And networking is not going to networking breakfasts, brunches and handing over your card. That means nothing because if you're a person in power or you're a person that has something that a lot of people want, just going and handing your cards to them or sending them an email saying, is there a job opening, which I get a lot, by the way, I get lots of badly grammatically put together uh, Facebook messages that say, I want a job. Uh, And that's someone trying to manifest their reality. Okay, good. You're in the right direction. But I will not be replying because I don't need you, you haven't offered anything to me, you don't understand how reciprocal trade works. There is unfortunately like one thing weird thing that develops when people get into self-help or in seduction is they quickly often develop a very high level of entitlement based on a very low level of of skill or experience. And that's that's the fault, I think, primarily of the industry in terms of the marketing. If you're told that, you know, you just need a millionaire mindset to become a millionaire, or you know, if you just learn this one, approach trick this little this cool line then you'll be able to date supermodels tonight you know you want to start a business online cool turnkey just read the four-hour work week and start drop shipping fucking fidget spinners don't do that no one wants fidget spinners anymore a lot of people bankrupted themselves and have a garage full of fidget spinners (laughs) so there's 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 this idea that okay you're sold this idea that uh, an exceptional life is available if we just adjust some internal keys and project out into the universe to manifest in some way and maybe take some some rudimentary steps in the direction. This is nowhere near enough and uh, this this ties back to when I was talking about the idea of following your passion. If you believe it, if you really want it, it will it will become true. You have to recognize that we live in a a finite planet. There are finite resources, there is finite attention, there are certain things people just don't want even if you desperately want to give it to them. Take music for example. Throughout my twenties, my dream, my passion was music. I wanted to be a famous musician. I was a good musician. I had a good band. We had good songs. We were working really hard on it. I put all of my time and effort into it. And after about 10 years, like I did that for a long time. It was not the only thing I was doing, but after 10 years, I reached a point where I recognized that this was not like, it didn't matter how much I believed. It didn't matter how much passion I had. It didn't really even matter how good I was as a musician because... At that time in place in Australia, it was not fashionable. No one was interested in weird funk, soul, reggae, drum and bass mashup music. I mean, some people were, but there was only 200 of them and they were in the room. It was it was not a bankable commodity. The the reality was I could have then spent another 10 years into my you know, spent my 30s and there's nothing more depressing than, you know, a guy in his late 30s still trying to make it as a musician. Nothing wrong with being a musician and, you know, if if you're playing in a band on the weekend or you know recording your tracks and stuff but if you've got that I am going to be at Coachella drive after some time you have to recognize that okay there are systemic limitations to the environment the the zeitgeist of the time or the fashions of the time mean that it's not relevant or I'm in the wrong place maybe if I'd you know been brought up in some other part of Europe in Spain or France where people were into more eclectic music maybe it would have been a different situation but it wasn't so I think it's really bad advice to actually say just follow your passion, follow your dream, and then it will happen. It's a good starting point, but you need to then add reality into this. Now, I'm not a big fan of reality. You know, I'm, I'm someone who bends it often. Uh, I recognize that most people live in, in a very rigid conception of what reality is. They, don't, they, don't, they see walls where there are none. They see societal patterns as strict rules. And they just have attitudes of like, it's not done, or that can't happen, or it's impossible. So sure, if you if you carry those kind of poverty lifestyle mindsets, then they will mean that you can't get out of your box. But just having this sense of like, passion and drive, and that's enough, it's not. Let me talk to you about the way that I started to unplug. And it wasn't particularly glamorous. I recognized when I was in my early 20s that I was not going to be a technically skilled worker that was in high demand, like someone who's in IT or engineering or finance or or medicine or something like that. I didn't have the mind for it. It wasn't something I was interested in. I was not going to be that person. So success for me was determined by one major metric actually, which was freedom, right? So I didn't want to get up in the morning, go to an office, work five days a week for somebody else, have four weeks holiday a year, You know, pay my health insurance and do all that normal stuff. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to free up time at that time so that I could work on my music, my martial arts, my my actual passions. But I recognized that music wasn't making me money. Sometimes the band would play eight guys and we'd get 500 bucks and split that between us. That was kind of how much we made out of music, martial arts, the same. So I learned a skill that meant that I could 6x the earning power that everyone else my age with my skill level had. Right, so I was 21 or whatever. I went and did a two year course on massage. I learned to become a good massage therapist and I started working as a massage therapist. I got paid 65 bucks an hour, whereas everyone else was getting paid 10 to work in cafes. So I could work 10 hours a week and make more money than most people my age. And then I had complete freedom of time and movement as long as I came back to where my clients were enough. And this is what set me up for my initial stages of real lifestyle design freedom. I like massage, I like helping people, I like healing, I like touch, but it's not my passion. It's not my, it's not my, I don't have a massive drive, you know, to be a massage therapist. But it was something that I liked. And more, most importantly, is it freed up my time so that I could then invest time in music, which I knew was probably at sunk cost in terms of you know, making it big, but I love doing that. And that was my actual passion. So I think that's important for anyone who's looking at like, especially when they're they're thinking about, okay, I I work in a job of some sort. It's okay. But I want to have some degree of this lifestyle freedom. I see these, these guys living, whether that's mobility, whether that's time freedom, whether that's working for yourself, working from home, collaborating on side projects with people, like all this kind of stuff. And I highly encourage that because those are doorways out. Right, and you will need to, if you want to live an exceptional life, you'll need to find a doorway out of whats what you've been allocated unless you are born stupendously rich and were sent off by your father on a grand tour of Europe and everything is sorted for you. Not me, probably not you. In that case, we're going to have to work out incremental steps or, or stages to unplug. So I could talk about this all day in terms of lifestyle design, and this is an area that I'll be focusing in on a lot more uh, in the times to come, as you guys know, I'm not focusing so much on seduction anymore, more on holistic men's change, on spiritual development, on moving through traumas, on male initiation, stepping into your grounded, powerful masculinity. So this, these are areas that I, I think a lot about. And I just want to give you another a tip here for guys that want to unplug. And that is that you don't need to do it yourself, right? You don't have to be the boss. If you, if you want to like live a let's say, a four-hour weekly entrepreneurial traveling lifestyle, which why the fuck not? Because you can at this time and place in history if you're smart about it. But you don't need to build it all yourself. Uh, I didn't. Right? Like, I mean, I'm the CEO of this company. I founded it. I developed most of the teaching methodologies, uh, the structures of the workshops, all sorts of stuff. But I had really good people with me throughout the course of this career whether you see them in the back or not they've been there I couldn't have done this by myself and I think there is a bit of a myth going around that you can just do it all yourself you know you can do this drop shipping four-hour work week business which I know of a tiny handful of people that do just that they are one-man operations but for the most part they're not and collaboration if it's with good people of course is a great multiplier of effect And one thing I've seen is that there's been a lot of people in in my social network who've come in later, joined the team, and then got to leapfrog 15 levels overnight uh, because they didn't have to do what I did, which was start from the very beginning back in Australia, scratching around on internet forums, trying to make a few hundred bucks and make a contact here or there and gradually build my empire. If you can leapfrog onto somebody else's empire, particularly one that's like in its early stages, Like when when a corporation is, you know, solid and the structure is all in place and the hierarchy is very, very rigid, then it's hard, much harder to jump up levels. If you get into a startup or let's say like a kind of a family business type of uh, structure, which is what my business is, it's not a corporate structure. It's more like a a mafia or or some kind of extended family business based on a lot of trust, a lot of personal, um, you know, like a lot of personal support between all the characters. And I choose people... Not only on skill, but also on how well they're going to connect and, and fit into our our life because we travel together. But the guys that have come to me and were able to go hi and then within months, they're living that life, they're traveling, they're getting paid to do something that they love doing, and they're getting all of the obviously social benefits and lifestyle benefits of being around excellent lifestyle engineers. So I highly recommend approach mentors, approach the people that you that you wish to work with. however, You've got to know, and this is—it's there's some correlation to the seduction here. If you're after a hundred thousand k follower Instagram model that you met on the street, the reality being is that you are way down the list of prospective males. You might still get through. I, I encourage you to try, but a woman of that let's say, popularity, has so many options that you're going to have to really stand out. You're going to have to really offer something or be something unusual uh, in order to get her interest. The same goes for if you're approaching a mentor or a business owner or someone you want to work for. You need to understand that, and you need to be really humble and understand, I don't have, they don't need me. They do not need me, otherwise they would have found me and they seem to be doing fine without me. So if I approach a mentor, and I get this all the time, I get every week emails, mostly they're like this. Hey man, I heard there's some like internships going on at TNL. Where do I sign? Or, you know, uh, where can? I, when can I start? Like this kind of shit, which is uh, hilarious because that, that then t- taps into this idea of this entitlement. I think of like the kind of cloistered generation uh, what's the one after X, Y, Z, you know, millennials and all that. This idea that, okay, if I just like, I ask for things that that I'll get them. No, you will not. You must be able to offer something. Right. So the guys, the guys that got into this company, one of them is behind the camera right now, did so by first coming and offering me something that I didn't have or that I needed or that I didn't know that I needed. But when, when I look at it, I'm like, Hmm, yeah, that's, that's, that's useful. All right, so they came to me with a proposal to do some work for free or to do some videos or to you know offer to help in all sorts of ways. And not just say, hey, I can help, but like, the, the, if you really want to be smart about it, look at the person's business or their life and figure out what do they need, what's missing. I had a guy recently who came on as an intern as a trial. And within 24 hours, he'd figured out that the best way to bribe me was at 10 a.m. when I had to get up and go and coach to be there with a nice hipster Cafe prepared cappuccino, and say, Yeah you go, boss," and then like run away from me before I snarled at him. Smart, because it's you know that cost him two bucks or whatever. But that's something where I'm like, yeah, that kid is solid. He provides me with my drugs in the morning, and so he can stay. It's not the only thing he did. He did a lot of a lot of other stuff like stepped well outside the bounds of what was asked of him. And then so within a week of me watching him and seeing, okay, cool. All right. Now you're on, you're on payroll. He's still under trial period, but he's proved himself in the sense that he's made my life a bit easier, given me stuff that, uh, otherwise would be irritating for me to figure out. All right. So keep that in mind is if you want to leapfrog up levels, which is a smart thing to do, don't have to do it yourself, approach people, but, uh, make sure that you're offering. And the other thing to keep in mind is it's often better to approach from the side, not in seduction. So what that means is, if you're going to approach me, it's not that I'm cruel or nasty. I just don't like replying to emails unless I don't have to. I have so many random people contact me every day that I can't, I can't answer them, or I'd spend all day doing that. And I just don't like living online, right? So, and I'm a bit grumpy. You know, there's various reasons why it's harder to approach me than it would be someone else. So smarter people recognize that there is usually a gatekeeper within any, um, any group sometimes more, but there's often one person who is very socially gregarious, is a connector, likes to connect people up, is always looking for a way to include somebody if they have something valuable to offer. And so that's in this organization, that's Liam, right? So because Liam is always like, he will will spend the time to figure out if a guy's got something to offer. He's very chatty. He likes digging into people's lives and finding out what they're about. And as a result, it's better to go through him to get to me than it is to go directly to me. And this will exist in many different hierarchies where, you know, you won't be able to email the person because their PA is the is the gatekeeper. And my PA only sends me emails if it's, if under certain circumstances that I've said, pass these ones on to me. So figure out the gatekeepers, figure out in what way you can help, what it is that you have to offer. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an amazing technical skill. It can be, you know, it can be this, this kind of thing. Listen, I, I see that you have trouble getting to the gym and, and sorting out your diet when you're on tour. This is this happened recently for us. And so a girl we know who's an amazing personal trainer and nutritionist proposed to us that, well, she could come on tour with us and make sure that we eat healthy and get our workouts done uh, and make sure we get up in the morning and just be a kind of general ass kicker. And we're like, yeah, we need that. Because when we're on tour, we, we end up eating shit food and not working out as much. Okay, let's do that. So keep, the, keep these steps in mind. Yes, you can follow your dreams. Yes, you can live an extraordinary, extremely amazing lifestyle. But you have to be realistic about it. Yeah, just because you believe in something and have a passion for it, don't expect the universe to give a fuck and, and deliver it to you. You are going to have to go out and make extraordinary decisions, unusual requests you're going to have to swallow your pride you're going to have to drop your your ego and be humble all of these things like the, I did all that all throughout my life you know when I wanted to become a musician when I wanted to go to Shaolin temple you know when I arrived at Shaolin temple I wasn't there with an invitation I kind of jumped the queue and I had a, this rare moment where I was put in front of this monk that I deeply respected and wanted to learn from and I just I'd come from the other side of the world. I turned up at the doorstep. I presented myself and I said, I'm really sorry. I don't have an invitation letter, but I know this and this person. It would be my great honor if I was able to study with you. Is that okay? And then the monk went, okay, tomorrow 5am, let's start. And then he kicked my ass for a day to see if I could handle it. And then I was allowed in. That wouldn't have happened if I'd sat at home dreaming about Shaolin Temple. Like I've saved up the fucking just enough money to get over there I went to the temple put myself at the doorstep and then I didn't go well I'm here I ter- I made my I made my way here so I want to learn eagle claw boxing right now I was still very humble because I knew that like they did not need me I, there was no reason they had to teach me just because they're buddhist monks doesn't mean they have to teach everyone and so I applied with humility so please keep that in mind is that there's a really powerful mix audacity and humali- and humility because just humility means you stay in the background. You stay in the shadows waiting for someone to notice you, waiting for your skills to be recognized. And that's a very frustrating position for a lot of, let's say, less assertive men in life, is that they will find themselves in a, an office structure where someone else will be getting promoted much faster, who is, has less skill, but is more of an ass kisser or is more socially gregarious or who figures out that the boss, uh, you know, what coffee he wants and slips the coffee to the boss. And then you have a person who is extraordinarily capable, works really fucking hard, but stays in the background and doesn't ask for anything. That person gets overlooked. Is that fair? Nope. So what? Universe doesn't care, right? We are living in hierarchical societies. People help people they like that they, that help them. Right, it is nepotistic for sure, and so in that case, figure out what the people want, and then you can slot into their into their uh, lifestyles. Now, if we relate this back to Julian's original question, I think he's talking more specifically in terms of should I settle for having some cool friends and a nice girlfriend, is what he said, or should I go out into the cold and keep approaching and keep smashing his skill till I reach the the mystical, mythical point where I am satisfied and I'm a master, and he's saying because of this internal conflict of like, well, should I live the life that I'm living, which I'm enjoying, or should I be living this very uncertain life, which theoretically offers to yield a lot more? And he's finding it hard to then commit to either one of these things. This is this is an important question because yes, like being a cold approach master seduction dude is not the end game, the end goal in my in my opinion. I may sound hypocritical coming from me, but. I did that for a long, long time, right? Like I've been cold approaching since I was 26, so whatever, 15 years. It's been an obsession of mine. I've studied it as much as any human being can really, but it's not the end goal. The reason that I studied it so deeply, partially is because it became my, my business. And so I took it further than I needed to because I needed to understand not just me, but all other patterns of men and all sorts of other types of scenarios that I wouldn't necessarily encounter, but my students would. So there's that part so unless you are going to be a pro pickup teacher then you don't need to take it that far and secondly because I, I was always interested in living in quite an extreme sexual life uh, I've experimented with long periods of monogamy and various types of relationship paradigms and I've generally uh, over time I found that it works better for me to be in a more open scenario. So then the question is why do this at all And I think cold approach is one of the fundamental survival skills that a man needs in this, in this day and age. Okay, you need to be able to feed yourself, put a roof over your head, and then you need to be able to meet strangers and make connections. So you need to be able to meet women and make romantic connections. You need to be able to network and uh, create collaborations and do all sorts of other reciprocal exchange uh, relationships with different people. Learning to bowl up to a stranger on the street or in a bar in a club or at a party or a networking event and make a good impression quickly is one of the most vital skills that you'll ever be able to learn. It's the thing that will mean that you will get the girl of your dreams at some point because she's walked past you today a number of times, different faces, different slight shape changes, but the girl of your dreams, a girl that you could have an amazing relationship with, she exists in this city. She's not a mythical creature, unicorn that the universe will deliver to you at some point in your life when you're when you least expect it and when you're most ready that the 10 of your dreams will walk in the door and do what? go, here I am, you don't need any skills to seduce me or charm me because destiny has foretold that we will be together. That is bullshit. That is the Hollywood myth of the one, one of the most insidious myths that exist, It teaches you to be complacent, to not change yourself, that, you, that someone else holds the key to your happiness and all you need to do is wait. Fuck that. So the skill of being able to go, no, I want to go and talk to you. I want to go and make a connection with you is a fucking powerful one. So learn it. And then internalise it, and then get on with your life, right? You could people are like, uh, "What are you going to do, James? Should you do that? Yeah, I'm doing it. Finally, after 15 years, <laughs> I'm getting on with my life. I've concluded that part of it. And now I'm going to move on to some other things. But that foundational skill, it's embedded in me. I'll never lose it. I can get rusty. I can, you know, get introverted, which I do from time to time. But it's always there. It means that. When, it, when I'm single and I want a girlfriend, I'll be able to get a girlfriend. When I go to a new country and I don't know anybody or, I, or I'm moving into a new business scene, that I'll be able to go and make connections with people and, and charm them and influence them and listen to them and really, really be present with them. There's a certain learning curve that you get from cold approach and most men never really experience it because they do this. Little stops and starts. You know They don't, don't do it, don't do it. They think about it a lot and then they create all these neuroses and, and issues about it. This is what you're talking about, Julian. Where you're like you're thinking about this a lot, right? You've got your friends and your girlfriend, I guess, is the situation. But you're constantly like, oh, the grass is greener. I should be pushing myself. There's this other world out there, which is true. So my attitude on this and like when to settle, I would look at it more like when to choose to commit to certain things. Settling to me or mediocrity, like these, these imply that I've given up, that I've that I've been given. Uh, you know, there's the there's the Porsche, and eventually I just settled for the fucking. Shows how much I you know about cars, right? The bad car, the bad Porsche. <laughs> uh, and I just settled for the thing that I didn't really want and then I just put up with that. And then that's my girlfriend. Hey, look at my girlfriend. She's the only one I've got. Uh, and you're like, yeah, that's my life, that's my job, that's my girlfriend, that's my shitty stuff, and it's all very average and I'm not happy with it. Do I think that's okay? Not, well, it, it has to be okay, doesn't it? Because yes, most people will live in mediocre situations. But there's, there's ways of living, there's arts of living that mean that even if you are working as a wage slave and you've got a girlfriend that's not as hot as the one maybe you wanted or whatever, that you can still live a fulfilling life. And I think what you need to be thinking about is like, if whatever it is that I'm doing at the moment, even if it's not ideal, I should be committing to it, immersing myself into it and drawing as much juice out of it as I can. I've been to the top I've been to the video clips. I've been in the video clips. You know, the rap videos with the chicks and the boats and the bling and all that kind of stuff. I've lived in that world. i bounced in and out of it now for some years. And it's awesome. I don't want to tell you that, like, I'm like, oh, I don't want you to have to deal with, you know, go there and see the vapid, soulless ends of, you know, hedonism. Uh, It is awesome. (laughs) But it's also as unsatisfying as a normal life, depending on how you live it because right, I've, I've seen guys now in these scenes where there's hot models around, these glamorous lifestyles happening, and they're still very unsatisfied, like still needing the next hit, the next hit to try and try and fill their, their kind of gaping soul. And I also know many people, like think of my brother as a good example, who's broke, has always been poor, but lives an exceptionally beautiful life. Like he walks past a tree and he smells the flowers he, you know, looks at the details. When he has a conversation with someone, he's 100% there with them and he's really, really connecting with them. When, when he's cooking, his presence is in the food and it, imbibed with love. When he's, when he's eating, it's a, it's a spiritual experience. Right? Like this is a, this is a man, and I know many people like this, who, you know, on the outside just d- don't seem to have succeeded, but are very successful in life in the sense that they're enjoying themselves, they're happy. Uh, they're with the people that they want to be with, and they're expressing themselves in in ways. They get to you know express their art or their or their um, their passion in some way. It doesn't necessarily mean they're living off it or that they're making heaps of money or they're living a wild jet setting lifestyle. They have settled in some sense, but they've settled into an immersion and an enjoyment of that life. So what I would say is, and I think when I think back on on the times, like when you when you've succeeded, there is definitely a um, a nostalgia for the down and out times, right? When I look back on the times when it was all very uncertain, like I was always on the edge of bankruptcy or this business could have collapsed at any minute. You know, I was was broke. There was, it was a lot of complications going on, but those were fucking great times because I really enjoyed them. I'm not all of them, but I was there. You know, I was really there at the time. It was a struggle phase. I knew there was maybe success in the future, but I also knew that it wasn't guaranteed. I knew that this, Just because I had a passion and a drive and a belief didn't mean the world was going to see it and reward me for it. Luckily, it did. But even if it hadn't have, I don't regret being a musician. I had a great time. You know, I played music with my friends. We travelled around Australia and sold a few hundred CDs in Japan to some weird Japanese hipsters and got laid with some not that hot girls and took mushrooms and fucking had a rad time. You know, I got to be that at that time in my life. And then at some point, I had to realize that. I have to transition. and I thought, what is it that I really care about in music? And, I, and when I was really honest with myself, it wasn't the music. It wasn't the music man. It used to be about music. It was not about music. I liked playing music. but it was primarily about freedom, expression and women. <laughs> right? Those are the things that I really cared about that were embedded in that lifestyle. So I thought, well what can I do that has those things, but I'm not going to be a famous musician. It's pretty obvious that's not going to happen now. So then I shifted into like, well, maybe I could tr- start this thing and then I could keep traveling and keep doing stuff that I want to do and there's women involved and then I transitioned and then and I let that part of me die. I really just like was like I played the last gig and I thought this is my last gig. This is the end of this, the end of this dream and I was so grateful for it with tears in my eyes and I let it go and then I transitioned onto some, and I started again from absolute zero and then went to then build this thing which now fortunately has led me to what I wanted to have. So I guess in answer to, my, and to, your, to your question is, yes, there is, there is times when you will need to make hard decisions. We're, our life is a series of choice points if we have free will, which is debatable, but let's say we do. And every time I open one door, I close mul- multiple other doors. When, when I step through one door, I close lots of other doors. We can't live all of the lives that we could potentially live. And so there are whole lots of timelines that, of you that get killed every time you make a, a commitment to, to one thing. And that's often why people don't commit to anything, right? They're just like, I don't wanna close that door and I don't wanna commit to this. So then they don't really immerse themselves into anything particularly deeply. And in order to become good at anything or to have an amazing life, you will need to specialize. You will need to be obsessed for some periods of time. You will need to commit to certain actions. Uh, And when you do those, if you're only doing that because you see that eventually that'll lead you to your dream, then in some ways that is a wasted period of time. I understand. Life is real. There is Sometimes you just have to work in a shit job that you hate for three years to pay off your student loans so you can eventually go and become a snowboarding instructor. Cool. If it has to be done, it has to be done. But does it always have to be done? I haven't paid my student loans. I will. Eventually, I will. And by the time I pay them, they mean nothing to me. I just didn't... I just fucking didn't pay them for t- 10 years. And then the interest has accrued a bit, but it's worth much better for me to pay it now than it was back when I was 23. Family obligations. Do I need to stick around in a city because my parents want me to? Do I have to follow the family path? But if, and if, and, and you know, I have students who tell me like, well, my parents have told me if I don't become a doctor, then they're not, they're going to cut off my money. Cool. If you don't want to become a doctor or you don't want to be in an arranged marriage or you don't want to uh, have to do something and the price is poverty and and you're gonna have to figure out yourself personally i would take that as i as i did multiple times in my life for other people their value systems are very different they 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 value security comfort predictability and a kind of clear stepping stone to what they perceive to be success all power to you if that's what you want awesome i'm not the man to teach that though i'm very bad at that i want to provide inspiration yes but i want it to be pragmatic Right, so, so please don't quote me on like follow your dreams and just, just believe in it, because that's not what I believe. I, I understand that, yes, my mindsets make a difference. I must have clarity in my mind about what I want. But I didn't know I was going to be here. I had clarity about the next thing that I wanted. Right, Music. I want to make a great album. Cool. From here, I want a tour. From here, it's like maybe I could maybe there's this pickup thing. Maybe I could take some guys out and get paid to party oh i'm gonna go over to europe and check things out wow this is fucking amazing over here i wonder if i could bring some guys over and we could tour around eastern europe and pick up girls let's try that right and and so i went from project to project a lot of them failed and fell on my ass i got ripped off by people i lost lots of money so early workshops made no profit like that kind of stuff all existed for years it took like at least five years before the company was profitable And so I didn't have a clear vision of like, I want to be in Central Europe with a villa in Portugal and all this other stuff that I have now. I had clarity about, I want freedom, I want self-expression, I want women. And so therefore, I was willing to pay whatever price was necessary in terms of security or, you know, having to have my ego smashed or being a failure, And so many people are so terrified of being a failure that they would rather be mediocre. Much better to fail. Fail forward. You've heard this before, right? Fail early, fail hard for sure. And then you, you will find yourself in situations where you, that's not settling. That's, you know, falling flat on your face in the right direction. The big question of like children, marriage, when to finally hang up your, your strap on or whatever <laughs> to be able to go, all right, that part of my life is now over. Now I'm going to transition into fatherhood or family life or, let's say, long-term committed monogamy or whatever again i'm not adverse to these things i'm not particularly good at them i obviously haven't had children i'm 40 years old am i going to probably not it's again not my specialty area but what i would say on this is that if you do that in your 20s and even in your early 30s it's likely to destroy your life and that may and people will contest that i'm sure but from my observation of not just my friends, but now thousands of clients who've, and they come to me, they, we get detailed client questionnaires. We, we find out everything about them. You know, We're like hairdressers, people tell us everything. And so we see the patterns of guys who got hooked up early, got kids, you know, got married early. So many of them have to restart their life at 35, 40, because it was the wrong decision. And because they had a sense that I better do that soon, because otherwise I might miss out. For a man, Getting married and having kids in your 20s, it, to me, is totally absurd. It makes no sense at all right? because you, you don't know who you are yet in your 20s and even your 30s. You haven't formed into the man you're going to be. So what's the likelihood you're going to form into the man you are going to be and then that your partner is going to evolve in the same way and you're going to going to be compatible? Unlikely. Secondly, you're going to be broke. You're going to be poor and you're going to have to stay in one place unless you have a rich family. Children are fucking expensive you have to stay in one city and that's your life then for the next 10 plus years, right? And I've seen this with a lot of my friends who were great musicians and artists and had intelligent people and had all sorts of cool ideas. And then they had kids when they were 26 and that was it. They were out then for 15, 18 years. Some of those friends now are finally like after their divorce and their kids are now at high school and now they're going and having a bit of a bit of fun. So in terms of like settling early in that sense, I think it's a it's a really, really bad idea. As a man, you can keep getting better at least into your 30s in terms of your your attractiveness, in terms of your capability, your sexual experience, your financial situation. If you if you can hold out into your mid-30s, then you have an amazing uh, spread of options because so many other guys of that age are now already hooked up or, or beaten by life. Women like men who are older anyway. So if you want to date pretty young things of more or less any legal age, you can if you have the skills, if you've put in the time for sure. And then it means that you can you can have both those lives in a sense, right? You can have a period, you can have a ten-year period if you want, of swinging single different relationships open relationships whatever style you want and then at some point in the future like after a long chunk of time you can go all right i'd like to be a father now and now because i have choice because i have skill i'm going to go and se- seek out a, a good option right like not that i would ever not that i'm thinking about this but like if i was to f- be looking for a wife she would have to fit so many fucking criteria that uh i know and, and i would find it because i would find her because i know what i want what i can have what i don't want and my deal breakers are so clear, I'd be like, no, absolutely not because of this one thing. And it means that if I chose to do that, then I'm much more likely to have a, an effective relationship and for it to be lasting long-term. So there's a few ideas. I don't have obviously definitive answers because these are big life questions that you'll need to answer yourself. And there's no shame in let's in, in, in commitment, right? Let's rather than think of it as settling, committing to this is, this is the life that I'm leading now. I'm choosing to be with this person or to be a s- single, to work this difficult or boring job for a reason, you know, or to decide, okay, cool, this is my career. You know, I don't love it. I don't, it's not over the moon about it, but it's fine. And then I get to work on my other stuff in the, in the side and that pays the bills. And that's what I want to do. Also totally fine. Not, not everyone can be, or needs to be traveling entrepreneur fucking I can rack her gadabouts. Plenty of people can have awesome lives living in one city with a girlfriend and still have uh, you know, a beautiful life. So take those ideas with you, especially in terms of the mentorship stuff. If you want to approach people who are higher up the chain than you, if you want to unplug from the matrix, also think of, realize that it works in cycles. We're so, we tend to be so limited in our perspective that we see the time that what we're living right now is our life. And it's, and it is often hard to see that, that in a short amount of time, we could be living a totally different life. And it is the people who, who go, well, like this, this intern of, of mine who's now on staff, he was in London working a shitty job. He had his life there. It wasn't great. And then he saw a little opportunity and he went, I will commit to that 100% if I can. I will throw everything. I will." And, and overnight, he went from working in a clothing store and having an average life to jumping in and being in this very exciting life because he was able and ready to just jump and do it. and willing to accept internally that a phase of his life had ended and a new phase was opening and he needed to commit in into that new phase immediately so like you know I had stages early in my 20s where I was I was living with a girlfriend in a one-bedroom apartment for three years you know I worked as a massage therapist I I played a bit of music and I did martial arts and that was my life I had a very quite in many ways a normal life you know I had routine life there was periods where I thought this is it this is where my life's going I guess I'll become an on." an acupuncturist at some point i'll marry this girl maybe and and then that would have been my life and so quickly because all it was was my decision to go and start to break up with a girlfriend and start talking to strangers that then within months propelled me into a different world new friends a totally different way of living where i was out at night all the time and i was talking to strangers and going on dates with random chicks i just met hanging out with other guys who were interested in that then started you know uh getting into the the side associated realms of study in terms of personal change and in game and spirituality and all that kind of other stuff to, to the point where I was living an unrecognizable life within months of, of a previous one. And that is something to keep in mind, right? That even if it feels like I've settled and I'm in, I'm in a stagnant place, you can shake that up. It's hard to shake that up when there's a baby attached, when there's a wife attached, when there's a mortgage, when there's all these liabilities attached. Don't buy an expensive car when you're a teenager. Don't saddle yourself with extreme debt by getting a mortgage in a third-tier city in in the city that you're brought up in. Don't don't impregnate a woman until you're over 30 at least. Don't come inside girls. Just jizz on their tits and wait till you're 35. (laughs) That seems like an appropriate place to end this video, doesn't it? This is uh, James Marshall, signing out.